Now get ready for the time of your life. Cause you are now watching Everybody, welcome to Godcast, the show where one of the hosts has camera crash on him before the recording. I'm your host, Hydrowave99. I'm joined here today with Flufalpaca. How are you today? Um, you're a prick. And uh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> by by USB 2.0 on the back of my motherboard, for some reason, doesn't want to work sometimes, and I have no control over it. And, uh, here's the annoying dog from Undertale. Anyways, um, <laughs> oh, you missed it. It's right there. <laughs> I just have this off to the side, because why not? Mm. Um, I, I wanted to throw it away in the trash, but, you know, it, it just keeps coming back. It's like, uh, an STD. <laughs> so, um, anyways, um... So, uh, I've been good. Um, uh, not really much done this week, I think, as far as I know. Yeah, like, I've been really busy with homework this week, and it's been rough. Yeah, I've been mostly just uploading to my YouTube and chopping up videos and stuff. Nothing really big. Wait, just... Alpaca actually uploading content? Holy, holy, holy shit. Shit, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, I um yeah. Uh I've been uploading long plays, so nothing really high quality. Um but it exists. Also I got like four views on it, so that should tell you something. <laughs> they're all two hour episodes, so and they're just like detailing the game. I have one that I'm going to upload and then continue on with actually playing the game, but uh, I don't I don't know what YouTube's rules are when it comes to uh, um, uh, I'll just leave it at uh, body painting and uh, you know <laughs> um, anyways uh, uh, but besides that uh yeah, nothing really. Uh, I, I wanted to probably just put together a small compilation video because that's what gets the most views, of course, because it's you know, short-form content gets a lot of views. Um, but... Um, and, and also, uh, sometimes I, I, I'm not very good at, like, long-form uh, talk show stuff, I guess. Like, like this, I guess. <laughs> like, I get... Uh, my brain kind of like goes off to another realm for a split second and then I forget what I'm talking about sometimes, but, uh, and I feel like the short form content helps with that, but uh, also I gotta do, uh, <laughs> <You son of bitch. sighs> um, anyways, uh, moving on. Uh, what was that? Oh yes. Uh, <laughs> um, 
fucking pop figurines. <laughs> if you're new to this podcast, basically this fucking guy, he kidnaps me every every weekend and uh, tells me to do this podcast with him. I have no say in it, and uh, he uh, thinks it's okay to uh, sprinkle in some pop figurines and. Uh, random jokes about j-pop that is disguised as metal like uh you know a certain something uh and uh yeah um it's great you know stockholm syndrome isn't it bruv um but yeah no uh back to youtube i i'm trying my best of course but it's nothing uh spectacular right now I'm gonna be uploading a few things, I guess, but nothing like extravagant. Mm. Actually, wait, no, I, I might upload something a bit extravagant. Like I'll go on Steam and like find a terrible game to play. <laughs> right. Uh. So yeah. So um, for those who want to see Foof Alpaca play games, uh, go to his gaming channel called Fall Through Gaming. Yeah, or just Fall Through. Uh, there, it's. No longer gaming. I, I, I don't know. I was thinking of splitting up the long form content with the, uh, you know, edited stuff. But I, uh, I've decided that that extra channel is just gonna be like a a parody channel. So, so your main but, channel, the Fluffo Package channel, is gonna be a parody channel, and the Falter stuff's gonna uh, be the more. No, Fluffo Package is gonna be more of like uh, just other stuff and fall through is going to be gaming and there's a parody channel that's based around a certain cat that i have that is uh, a son of a bitch sometimes so yeah it only fits her she, she uh oh yeah, yeah yeah speaking of that uh she has been doing this these stupid stunts where she she falls into water all right I, i'm taking <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm taking a shower okay and I usually leave the uh, leave the um, water clogged a little bit with like a drain stopper, so my so my feet can soak in the the water. Uh, and uh, she thinks it's a great idea to jump into the bathtub with me. Um, she slips and then forgets that there's water, and then she runs like a goddamn bullet out the door and wherever the hell she hid and i was like oh shit so i i got on a towel and i grabbed her and i washed her off because of the soap and stuff but it's just like god this cat um because she was excited because she she loves water she's a a bengal cat and bengal cats love water so there was that um but then i, I have goldfish okay i have goldfish and i, I have a so there, there's a uh, a thing that's on top of the uh, fish tank uh, that covers it, but I had to remove it because it was actually broken and the lights were broken. I was afraid of frying the fish and the you know, um, so she thinks it's a great idea to s s go source some water from the fish tank. Uh, she <laughs> she jumps on it, thinks she can be fantastic and you know perfectly balance herself but she slips again falls halfway into the water and then i'm like god fucking damn it <laughs> this cat so 
So the bathtub thing happens, and then this fish tank thing happens. So I think by now she actually doesn't like water anymore, despite her genetics telling her that it's a good thing. Um, so now she's just relegated to the water fountain that I have plugged in. Uh, and that's it. Uh, I also washed her off after that, because I know that, like, uh, that those chemicals they, they put in the water to make the fish, uh, um, like, the pH balance and stuff, and all the other great, you know, chemical stuff. Um, hey, at least it's not doing anything to frogs. Yeah, you know, I said chemicals in the water, and I'm, I, that's all I can fucking think of is that parody, uh, uh, remix. Um, so... Yeah, um, but she's alright, she's doing fine, she's just, she just understands that it's not a great idea anymore to, uh, um, join me for a shower, or, uh, become one with the goldfish. I, you know, but the thing is, once she fell in, thankfully the goldfish were more at the bottom of the tank, because she, like, flipped the fuck out, um, and, like, I checked out my fish. They're doing fine. I have one named Patches and one named, uh, I think, Coda or Cuda. Like, uh, I, I flip between Coda and Cuda, but both of them are Ryukin goldfish, which are, like, goldfish that have more of a, uh, a triangular sort of snout, and they're a bit wider. So, but Cuda's a bit more like a koi fish, where he's a bit thinner. Um, uh... Uh, but Patches looks a bit more like an angelfish, actually, but without the, like, long fins. Um, and they're both, like, a calico sort of color. So, uh, that's cool, though, you know, um, how they are. Uh, but, thankfully, all I can say is, is that Sadie didn't, you know fall in and then either hurt the goldfish or herself by uh you know being a dunce <laughs> i guess i love her i love her so much she's a great cat it's just <sighs> she needs glasses i swear honestly <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm being completely serious i think she has a sight problem like like uh, I, she really does need glasses like some sort of like attachment like how often does she bump into walls and everything uh not not at all um but she does like fall off of like um she's not very uh she has no grace pretty much <laughs> so whenever she climbs onto something there's a like 70 percent chance that she'll slip on it for some reason so right. I think it's more of like a balance issue. Not mm. sure. But she's fine otherwise. She's a great cat. Um, I mean, I might get her tested for like cognitive stuff then. Maybe. But... Um, as for myself, I mean, i gotten to be in touch with someone that we all know. I mean, the two of us know that used to be on this show back in the olden days for the first time in, like, a few months. Mm-hmm. And we've been slowly getting ourselves back 
together again in terms of friendship stuff, so I'm very happy about that. That's good to hear. I mean... I, I'm, I'm really happy that it worked out, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, could we potentially see him back on the show someday? Who knows? Uh, as yeah, let's see. So we have quite a bit of news today. I mean, we're actually kind of been going back towards our roots nowadays. We're this episode should be very short. Yeah, not ten hours like the previous one. Sorry. <laughs> no. Yeah, episode twenty three. We don't want that to happen. But yeah, we just kind of start to feel that a lot of the episodes that were coming out were starting to get a bit bloated, and we just need to rein it back in a little bit. Mm-hmm. And we kind of started to see some progress of that with the with episode twenty seven, which I am, which for those who didn't realize, I actually put a Google ad out for that episode. I just plopped it in the Google ad and called it a day. Well, things spiked compared to every other episode I've ever done. And for those who decide to come back and check us out again, thank you so much. And yeah. yeah, that was uh, I I didn't know exactly what happens when it started to climb in views, but I was just like, hey, we finally made it. But like, no, like no offense, I but, but I just I didn't know that it was on, on an ad. Like, uh, that's the power of advertisements, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's got like seven likes now, one thousand five hundred views. And uh, two dislikes, which no one could see because welcome to YouTube. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I feel like the you know, I feel like I I don't really like to give my opinion on a lot of stuff that's a bit controversial, but I think unanimously, uh, the uh, the whole thing with uh, the dislike counter, um, I feel like it's a it's a bad, it's anti-viewer, uh, because if you're watching, like, if you're watching a video that has a lot of views because it's been, it's clickbait, and you don't realize that it's clickbait, you don't realize that it's fake, and you go on there, you see, oh, yeah, it's got a good enough amount of likes, you know, Maybe not everyone likes the, when they view it, and it's got, like, millions of views, like, uh, um, a good example, a meme that I saw was the Rebecca Black Friday music video, <laughs> and how the dislike counter is gone now, so you can't, you know. And then you then you listen to it, and it's awful now. And uh, you uh, uh, log off and hate everything now because it, it's not the same. But it seriously isn't the same. Yeah. The the dislike counter has been there since the start. I know annotations are gone and a few other things are, have been sunsetted, but the dislike counter was integral to viewership, you know, understanding if a video is good or bad. Now, likes don't really tell you anything. Exactly. It's like you have to look at the freaking bar to gauge anything. You actually have to just watch the video or check the comments to see if they're, like, disliked, clickbait, you know, something like that. Or be lucky to get one of those, you know, extension plugins that allow you to see dislikes. 
actually, I think there was an API update that um, made it so they were like gone server side and like hmm. you you can't actually see them no matter if you have the extension. Well, let me look that up actually. Uh, just like counter extension. Um, Microsoft. Okay. Uh, yeah, let me get this, actually. It's, uh... Give me one second. Can I see how many dislikes now? Uh... It, me... I know I know. I tested it on, the, that, on episode 27, and it actually did not work. Because it does something, like, where it fetches some things or whatever. Oh, yeah, on episode 27, it says zero... Uh, hey, it is kind of working. Okay. Well, that's good. Um, but it's not really working because it says zero dislikes, but I know there's two. Let me look on this video. Uh, but is that accurate, though? Is there really 452 dislikes on this, though? Because I know it uses, like, math to, like, determine if the dislike counter, is, like, if it's actually true. I know every every one of them do something slightly different. I think some do like algorithms, other will just take like cached information from before they remove the dislikes. Yeah, and then, but the thing is, new videos then. <laughs> uh, but, anyways. Yeah. Besides that, we do have quite a bit of news to talk about. Even though it's a bit more shrunken down, we have thing with the initiative going on, the fact that EA Play got canceled, an idea Xbox review, and some stuff with the Google I.O. Uh, a bill that could actually prohibit anti-competitive mergers. Uh, this, the shitty thing with Netflix sharing. And the release date and pricing of the AMD Ryzen 7 5800 X3D. Woo! Wait, a candle per clock? What the hell? I thought AMD was big on that. I don't know, but all I know is that there's also an AMD, AMD, uh, Amazon MGM deal that closed. So. Oh yes. <laughs> uh, without that, with, with that being out of the way, uh, I'm sure let's just get started here because I'm sure we have quite a few thoughts. At least I do on what this means for the initiative. Um, yeah, uh, the initiative. What's that? So the initiative, for those who don't remember what the hell that is, is it is the studio from Microsoft that was formed. And it's supposed to be like a studio similar in vain, like a Santa Monica from Sony or something like that. It's supposed to be like a high quality AAA studio thing. The first part, yes, yeah, so just know it's the first party Microsoft Studio, and they're the currently developing Perfect Dark, that reboot. Okay. Um. So you can see in the top of the article here that as much as half of the core development team have quit in the past year. Initiative management says it's confident in its team. Yeah, uh, that doesn't spell confidence though. <laughs> well, that's uh, why I say quite confident in quotes. Yeah, confident, quote-unquote confident. Yeah, we're confident that, uh, and we have so much morale that half of our, uh, already of a skeleton crew has left the building. 
Yep. So pretty much it's saying that during the last year or so, around 36 people analysis if employee profiles has revealed. So it says, it says here, as much as half the core development team known working on the upcoming perfect or quick the company during the last year or around 36 people analysis of employee LinkedIn profiles has revealed. So around 36 people is there. And it's all saying that includes most of the initiative senior design team, including game director, Dan Newberger, design director, Drew Murray, Lead level designer Chris O'Neill, principal world builder Joel Jolion Myers, two senior system designers, a group of three former God of War designers, and more. And it doesn't end in design as well. Apparently, this also includes two of the senior writers, and along with the product technical director. Tech art director, lead gameplay engineer, lead animator, QA lead, and more. And they're saying that the initiative is now less than 50 per people when if you remove duplicates. And currently it's just three roles advertised on its website. And they say it suggests it hired around 12 people in the past 12 months. So like one person per month. Jeez. And it seems to also coincide with the September 2021 announcement that perfect uh, Crystal Dynamics, who does Tomb Raider and recently did the Marvel's Avengers game, mm-hmm. had been signed to co-develop the game. Ooh, I see. And you can see here too, like this combined with a few job roles recently, currently advertised the initiative suggests that the Tomb Raider developer is likely taking a much stronger lead than first thought on the project. I've got um, Chris O'Neill. Isn't that only plays? <laughs> um, anyways, uh, yeah. Um, it it's it's a bit scary though. You know, it's like they're trying to salvage it, but it's you know it it, it feels like they're on their last legs. Hearing this news, you know, um, less than fifty people. That's, I mean, I know that there's been smaller people who have made much better, like, uh, projects, you know, that then, well, you know, that some big AAA developers can. Looking at you, Activision. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> uh, and, I mean... I'd only hope that they'd be able to pull through, you know, but, um, in Crystal Dynamics, I, like, I know the Avengers game hasn't always been, uh, the most, uh, it, it hasn't always been the best, um, as evidence. It's been a bit of a flop. But when you put them into some, like, Tomb Raider, like the Tomb Raider reboot trilogy that happened. Yeah. And, like, um, even the Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy game that came out after that. When they put in the right role, they can be quite talented developers, and you can see what they can do. Yeah, I, um... Like, it feels like right now, like, Crystal Dynamics on Thin Ice and Square Enix, and maybe if... When we talk about that anti-competitive merger act, if the Activision Blizzard deal doesn't go through, could they target Crystal Dynamics instead? Uh, 
be. Maybe, but uh, I don't back division uh, does better this time around. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Um, maybe, maybe I, I. When I think of crystal dynamics, uh, you know, I, of course, uh, when it comes to Tomb Raider, yeah, and it's like uh, the new Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, those have been pretty all right, you know, so, like, uh, but. I just hope they don't, you know, botch it. Because Perfect Dark uh, is almost like a brand new IP in this in this sort of sense. It's only been around in, like, uh, you know, the early 2090s, you know? Yeah, like, late 90s with Perfect Dark on the N64 when Rare was more so with Nintendo. And then what happened around the Xbox 360 launch with Perfect Dark Zero, I believe it was. Yeah, um, so I hope they'd be able to at least revitalize and update uh, the gameplay and stuff, you know, considering. I mean, it's probably going to be a, a little bit of a completely different game, you know, like OG Doom versus 2016 and and, uh, and Eternal, you know, but yeah, uh, like I do know for a fact that what I've seen from heard from a lot of people they they let me much prefer the original over the the xbox 360 one mm -hmm. but even then, like if you can use the open world experience it could be a good game but if we continue back with the article it's no small task to build a studio and reinvent a beloved franchise in creating the initiative we set out to leverage co-development partnerships to achieve our ambitions and we're real excited about all the progress we're seeing with our relationship with crystal dynamics in this journey, it's not uncommon for there to be staffing changes, especially during a time of global upheaval over the last two years. There's plenty more work in front of us to deliver a fantastic, perfect dark experience to our players. We wish all our former colleagues the very best and are confident in the team we have in place, the new talent joining, and we can't wait to share more with the fans. And... Early in the article beforehand, it says, Interviews with multiple former senior developers cite a lack of creative autonomy and slow development progress as the reason for their departures and described the wave of exits as fast and furious with product momentum said to be heavily affected. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The, um, going back to more of a downer, I guess. Uh, you know, I, I know development hell is like... Like, it's, it is development hell it's not just like man i don't know what to do it's like literally like uh uh seeing if the spaghetti sticks to the wall when it's like uh i don't know when it's shot out of a crossbow <laughs> right <laughs> it's I... not gonna happen <laughs> yeah like yeah it's gonna be development hell obviously and also, one of the things I heard, too, for I think I was watching a video on this, is it said something about the fact that how there was actually some sort of, like, creative differences in terms of, like, what they were going to do. Like, were they going to actually keep the team relatively small or try to expand it even further? And I guess the people who didn't want the team to be a lot larger or work with Crystal Dynamics left. 
And then they went ahead and made it a bit. But th then they kind of just evened it out by leaving, I feel, you know? It's kind of like, uh, uh, we don't want this, so we'll just, uh, we'll go down with, with the ship, I guess, and leave, you know, but, um, but, uh, I mean, it's a shame to see that this, you know, is going on with the game. I mean, I know this is one of the most highly anticipated games on Xbox. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Um, I mean, it's uh, probably as anticipated as any other, like, good reboot, you know? Like, or it was almost as anticipated as the EA Play that would usually happen. But, unfortunately, they actually are not doing anything. And it says, in, by Cat Bailey here, it says, in another blow to an already uncertain summer event season, IGN can reveal that EA will not be hosting its traditional EA Play event this year. Instead, the publishing giant will be revealing more about its projects when the time is right for each of them. An EA representative shared the following statement with IGN, We love EA Play Live as it's our way of connecting with our players and sharing what's new with all of you. However, this year, things aren't lining up to show you everything on one date. We have exciting things happening at our world-class studios, and this year we'll reveal much more about these projects when the time is right for each of them. We look forward to spending time with you throughout the year. So, pretty much what they're saying is that COVID put a lot of things around, and it's not—it's just difficult to put all these at the right time for a sh showcase. All right, I see. I yeah, mean, then um... again. You kind of don't really need a lot of these major showcases these days. Granted, they generate hype, but with social media being so advantageous, you could practically promote anything at any time. Yeah, and I feel like uh, the whole concept of like the uh, sort of like uh, uh, like games, sort of like almost concert, like you know, like E three and. I guess packs even, I guess. Uh, uh, I feel like, well, they're not really outdated. Uh, I, I, you know, uh, I know it's not the same as being there in, 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 uh, in person to, uh, tell Keanu Reeves he's breathtaking. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, uh, I, I also know that, um, like you said, social media and that sort of stuff, you know, it's it's really made um, the idea of a live event, sort of a concert, sort of like, uh, uh, but, you know, it's, it's made that a bit almost archaic because when something is ready, you can tease it and then release it. You know, you don't, like, uh, the hype can still be there, except with the... With, uh, E3 and that sort of stuff, or, like, with EA Play right now, I worry about the overload of information that you kind of get, you know, um, mm. versus releasing it over a slow period of time. I feel like the bigger events, when it comes to, like, revealing a lot of crazy things that are happening, it's like, uh, 
getting so much information at once, you know, and but when it's not exciting, then these types of E3 concerts, like I'm just using E3 as an example, but some of them can be quite underwhelming and almost like uh, not as, uh, oh my God, that's so amazing when it, when it comes to like excitement like that and them being a bit of a letdown, you know? I'd, yeah, I'd rather have social media or some sort, some sort of like uh, almost pre-recorded sort of event, you know, like uh, they had direct data plays, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Those sort of things. I feel that's what direction a lot of the stuff is going to go. Because don't get me wrong, yeah. a live E three press conference and everything can be very hype. Like look at what happened with Microsoft every E three. Like you can't deny that shit. It can get very hype. Yeah, and um, I also despise the fact that uh live event concerts have been uh uh they've th these types of gaming concert things they've really just been a bunch of ads you know they, they've just been a great way to show as many ads and get paid for showing ads you know every uh every e3 like live stream that i've been to i feel like i'm watching cable you know, like, uh, I mean, I'm not against or with vaping, but they show so many anti-vaping ads that it's like, holy crap, I get it. <laughs> oh my god, I get it. I'm going to snort G Fuel up my ass crack. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, speaking of what may seem like a big advertisement and game showcases, um, we have the ID at Xbox. Which is their indie show? They usually do. And oh, you can yeah, see, yeah, this. And this time you can see a couple of different games they showed. I have some thoughts on Crusaders Kings Three because seeing this on console still blows my mind. That a strategy game that's really in depth is able to get adapted to console, but more on that later. So they showed a couple of games off, and this is what they say. Uh, the first game they show here is Immor Immortality. And this is a coming to console in summer 2022. And it's apparently an interactive movie trilogy. And it's from the creator of Her Story. And yeah, so it looks like you're going to be interacting with some movies and stuff like that. And it's going to be like a story of some sort. Oh, like... Uh... Um, like that, uh, is it going to be like, uh, like a, almost like Telltale or like, you know, uh, Detroit Become Human or Until Dawn kind of? Might be cause they interactive film trilogy. So it may be a, it's like a, it oh, yeah, yeah. There was a, uh, I remember there was a, um, game based around it. It was a bunch of movies that was, it was a bunch of like, it was a movie that was spliced together. For, like if you choose an action, like, uh, it was a forgot what it was but it was uh this dude who i think he's in like a parking lot and he gets involved with like a uh like a triad gang or something and then there's this lady and oh my god i remember that yeah so that's one of the games here another one they showed off here is flint talk the siege of dawn and apparently this is a guns and a gods and guns collide and it's a new open world action rpg for the makers of ashen 
join Nor and her mysterious companion Enki on an epic journey of vengeance, gunpowder, and magic in humanity's last stand. And yeah, this definitely feels like a medieval. It's like one of the, like like early. It's like late Middle Ages with like gunpowder and shit. And it's like very high fantasy. It seems to be a pretty cool game to check out. Mm. I mean, again, we get a lot of action medieval RPGs, so a lot of people would think, well, what makes this one different? What makes this different from like a Dragon Age? But this still looks like a pretty neat game. I think it might differentiate by being a bit more like Shadow of the Colossus or like even god of war in a sense where it's like because it says it mentions gods and guns you know you think of uh and uh humanity's last stand uh i think of like a average human who is almost the chosen one trying to take out like all these big creatures you know mm-hmm. and yeah, for all and for all the haters out there of our show who think that we're making uninformed opinions please comment down below and explain what these games are. <laughs> I'd like to hear your opinion. Why was the, that uninformed? Oh. Because we're only just reading the headlines of the game and just giving brief descriptors because this was a live stream where they probably showed gameplay. Oh, okay. I see. Um, Moving down. Uh, Curse to Golf. And... Apparently, this looks like a golfing game. With, like, yes, yeah, this Curse of Golf is a golf like adventure where every shot counts with insane hazards, otherworldly power ups, and tons of replayability. It looks like, yeah, it's a very arcadey golf game. Yeah, I saw this. It was supposed to be like a, a mix of roguelike and golf, I guess. So. Okay, that sounds uh, pretty interesting, actually. Yeah, so I think it's like if you hit something, if you if you don't hit the the golf thing, or you hit so like TNT, you'll probably like explode or something. Yeah. As far as I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. <laughs> and you have to start over, I guess. I wonder if it's procedurally generated. If you're saying it's a roguelike, then probably. A golf course procedurally generated? Interesting. Uh, they have Escape Academy. They're from I Am 8-Bit, Coin Crew, and Skybound Games. The script says, You've just arrived at the Escape Academy, a school where promising students train to become the ultimate escape room master. Play over a dozen masterly handcrafted rooms designed by experienced experts in the field of real-life escape rooms. And apparently you can play it alone in single player or through two player cooperative play with online and local play. And yes, it looks like this is just Escape Rooms, the game. Oh, that's pretty cool. I mean, mm. I, 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 I love Escape Rooms because it's kind of like, um, it's kind of like, uh, that ball in like a, a rotating maze sort of thing but in a, a more a very advanced version of that where it's like mm. you are stuck and you better uh, escape though I've, i haven't really played a lot of those games myself but I, I do love it you know i do love the concept of it yeah apparently this is also the featuring music and sound design by the one and only does i think it does one and 
They, he did Gang Beats, Sludge Life, This Room, Enter the Gungeon. And it'll be available with Game Pass. So if you have Game Pass, good for you. Um, And then we have Whalefall. This is a combination of a strategy RPG and a JRPG set in a high fantasy world inspired by the Lord of the Rings, the Suikoden series, and the Final Fantasy games. The concept of Ozfield is a unique one. Heart divided among territorial lines and shadowed by enormous sky whales, the economic and political power shift every hundred years as one of these beasts ages and dies, plumbing to the ground below. As if the economic, technological, and military boons from the whales' bodies are considerable, and so is the conflict over the remains. Players will command the armies of Riverwatch to bring an end to this initial plot to shoot down the legendary creatures and throw the world into chaos. So, if it's strategy RPG and JRPG, I can imagine this being sim somewhat similar to, like, maybe a Fire Emblem game. I can see that. But that is a strategy RPG. Yeah, yeah I can see that. Or, like, a Final Fantasy Tactics, or... What I have to play soon is Triangle Strategy. So, any of those sort of games... If you're into those games, check this one out. Mm-hmm. And it's like a fantasy world with, like, floating whales. Yeah, it reminds me of, like, Xenoblade 2 with, like, the Titans. Yeah. And then you get to WrestleQuest. This is a pro-wrestling and RPG fantasy game. So it's a wrestling RPG. Savage. Macho Man Randy Savage. <laughs> oh my god. What is this game? <laughs> yeah, so it's a wrestling RPG. And apparently it has like actual like wrestlers as a cameo. So as you can see, Macho Man Randy Savage, Andre the Giant, and tons of others. And yeah, this seems like a very interesting idea. I must be hallucinating. <laughs> oh, God. Maybe we'll have to gift you this game, too. Oh, Tunic. Yeah, that's actually available now. It just came out, so you can get the game. Yeah, yeah, Tunic. This is like, uh... It's like a, uh... Um... Associated, I guess? Oh, what are the graphics where it's like a very sharp, but, uh, almost ray traced looking rasterization? Um, it's like very sharp, bland textures, but it's got its own like lighting and stuff. What is this art style called? I love the idea of this uh, art style. Um, yeah, the, I, I like this. It's like, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's an interesting game though. I mean, it plays like a Zelda game, so if you're into Zelda. That had to be influenced by Zelda. I mean, the main character is a fox with a tunic. I mean, yeah. Well, Minish Cap, you're a bunny, but or not Minish Cap, uh, fucking uh, to the past, yeah. Mm -hmm. Link to the past. So that's a thing. And then the one I want to talk about quite a bit is Crusader Kings 3. This is a. Are you familiar with like games like Hearts of Iron and. Europa Universalis or anything like that? Um, not really, no. Okay, so what these games are, and I actually did play a bit of Crusader Kings 3, they're these very complex map games. 
they don't typically play like a usual strategy game, like a real-time strategy. It's more so like manipulating the map in ways. And kind of, it has all, it, they're heavy strategy games. Obviously, you manage units and shit. And, they, and they're usually very historical, too. Okay. Like Hearts of Iron is actually World War II. Crusader Kings 3, in this case, is actually a medieval time. And Europa Universalis is the Age of Discovery and, like, Renaissance. Okay, but, um... Does this explain why T-Pain is wearing the Pope's hat? <laughs> it does this watch Grammy Award winner rap royalty T-Pain rewrite history in style in Crusader King 3. Yeah, but yeah, it literally is like you kind of take control. You're the king of a nation, like France or England or whatever, and you just kind of just you have diplomacy and managing people and all that other stuff. It's a very in-depth game. Uh, highly recommend it. I mean, especially if Game Pass. Yeah, and, and it's coming to console, which I have no idea how the world that happened. That's a very PC-centric game. Um, it's like civilization. Civilization. You get that thing Civ Six on there, and they remap all the controls. I blame uh, consoles using uh, keyboards nowadays. I mean, that could partially explain it too. But yeah, and then we get the trek to Yomi, which we already saw in the PlayStation showcase that happened. This is the side-scrolling samurai game. It's a pretty good. It, it seems pretty cool, though. We like I said, we just talked about this last week. Oh yeah. yeah. And then we get the fellow traveler Game Pass montage highlights for games from them coming to Xbox and PC on day one, including Paradise Kill that's available now, Kraken Academy which is coming out March twenty second, and they're gonna get Beacon Pines and Citizen Sleeper. And they seem to be literally in order. So the top game, obviously, the leftmost, and the rightmost game is the, well, bottom of the list. Right then. Um, I I have a really terrible thought about this human holding this uh tiny uh kraken thing, but I'm not gonna get into it. Shut up. I see that pop figure. <laughs> Can I recreate it? Can I recreate it? Uh, no, recreate not what? The second image? The guy with the squid with the baby son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, you cannot recreate. <laughs> Reach me with that hand. You cannot. I mean, can we put a certain someone's face on the second image and then just have him hold something else? Who knows? Tempting. <laughs> unfortunate that uh, uh, we're on uh, thin ice already. Hmm. Um, and then. 
And there's some other games that were shown in the event. Actually, it's the list of all the games. And yeah, it seems like this was a pretty good showcase overall. Some very good variety of games. <laughs> and I definitely wished I caught this because this would have been pretty cool to see all these games live. But I was just too busy to be able to catch this. Um, I, I, I'm still concerned about this person holding the uh, the, the squid though. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> just imagine you swap the squid with the inkling from Splatoon, to, and you have it singing the famous song from the Splatoon one. You're a kid now. No. You're a squid now. You're a kid. No. You're a squid. You're a kid. No. At, at that point. Oh, at that point, I would just. You know, I. I probably, you know, move to. Uh. Uh. Czechoslovakia. <laughs> I thought you picked Nebraska first. <laughs> no, not Nebraska. Oh my god. Fucking Nebraska. <laughs> oh, better not live smack dab in the middle of it with a 4G hotspot. Well, you have to have T Mobile for that to even be a concern. Yes. <laughs> and I'd also uh, have to get like a tuning fork. Right. Reach the the outer edges of Nebraskan mm -hmm. wilderness. Well, I guess we could talk about some sort of edge that happened because we also the DualSense controllers getting some supposed hidden upgrades. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that. Um, the uh, it's it's um gonna be a bit uh minor. It is minor, but for it's from so a got a YouTuber by the name of Tronics Fix did a treat a teardown for the three new controllers that came out, and he noticed they had thicker springs, which will make them more durable. And they made another change to the analog sticks, which could probably be to help alleviate drift. Yeah, you Nintendo. <laughs> Uh, but those are like the main two changes that they did. In fact, I think we can scroll down a little bit here, and we can get a better screenshot of what they sh what you've seen dug up. The yeah. change is like very, very slight. Like I can kind of see on the top. You can kind of if you look very close in the middle. Like it looks like the it, there's like a another ring or something in like in, in like really deep in there. And you can see that, like, there's, like, the hole inside kind of looks like it's more filled up with plastic or something. Yeah, I, I can see that. Yeah, there's, like, an extra band that goes all the way around instead of halfway it's cut off. And it's, like, like you said, it's a bit more, it looks like a, like a Lego brick almost at this mm -hmm. point. Like a, you know, it looks like a, a magazine release on a gun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but anyways, yeah. And you can also see that there's, I think it's a minor thing that looks like one of the clippings or something. If you look on the very bottom, 
The old one's black, and the new one's like a light turquoise greenish color to match the rest of the controller. Oh, yeah, and uh, also, if you look in the... Uh... Oh, I, I think you already mentioned this. Never mind. But uh, there's like a... Uh, if you look on the bottom one, there's... A... I guess this is solder. It's in a little bit of a different place. Uh, there's one near the uh, right joystick. That's yeah, I noticed on, that. On the other one. Yeah, I noticed that the soldering spots are all different. Uh, and the, the silver uh, ones, not the gold one, but the silver ones are different. And it looks like the uh, internal like uh, lanes have been, you know, swapped around. Actually. Yeah, they have been. So I wonder if that's meant to improve reliability or something with the controller. Maybe. Or efficient circuit flow. Yeah, maybe. Cause, uh, I mean, uh, trying to look for other differences. Uh, yeah, maybe the one on the left, where the bottom, uh, to the left, uh, uh joystick on the bottom right. The uh, there's uh these six little uh, I guess that's soldering as well. It's replaced by two big globs. Uh, of course, his finger is covering the other side, but, um, hmm. I mean, it's it's not as, you know, big of a change. I mean, maybe it is, but, um, I feel like the analog thing won't be as big of a change. I think the bigger change is the fact that the yeah, triggers have a thicker spring, which, what's so minor, could still mean more reliable triggers in the long run, which will be helpful. Yeah, they're... But they're only like, uh, it's they are zero point three millimeters or not point three millimeters, while the original one was not point twenty five or two, you know, and a half. So they're they're a little thicker, and they might be a little like, like a very like uh, what was what's the word for like inconsequentially harder to press down or you know pull um and it says stiffer triggers. At the of, yeah it's stiffer at the moment of publishing it's unclear if these changes have been made to new models of the white black and red versions you'd assume uh that they'd have that but as a customer there's going to be no way to tell um, which means if you are in the market for a new PlayStation 5 controller, you should probably go with either the blue, purple, or pink version. So, it's unconfirmed as of right now, at least on comicbook.com. But, I mean, I'd hope that they would, you know, uh, once all the stock has been eaten up on the uh, 0.25mm ones, then, you know, they'd switch... Uh, directly to the uh, to the newer ones, but um, I mean, um, minor change, but it might be noticeable to the most hardcore, I guess. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, we could talk about too. How, let's see how fast they'll talk about. It. Cause by fast, I mean granted was seven because cars. Oh yeah, and how uh, quick they were to respond to the. Uh, service outage <laughs> which by that it there's that's like the slowest car on the planet yeah that's like a 
a Prius with like a few weights in its plastic trunk. Right. Well, the car they're showing the end gadget article is a Mitsubishi Lancer. And is that like what Typic is that? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not a car person. Is that good or is it like uh it's a historic rally car. Oh, okay. But I mean granted they still make them to this day, but it's been it's like the Subarus or the the Lancers are kind of like been known for like rally. Oh. Alright, so it's not Prius levels of embarrassing. No. They're pretty cool looking. Okay. Um, I mean, it does look cool, honestly. I love the, uh, are those vents? Yeah, it looks like an older Mitsubishi, just like a 90s Mitsubishi Relancer, judging by the aesthetic. It says it's the Evo 6. Hmm. Anyways. Back to actually talking about news and not gazing at a freaking car. Um, She's a boot, ain't he? <laughs> yeah, so I actually have Grand Turismo 7. I still need to play it because I like racing games. I haven't played a racing game in so long. I'd like to play a racing game. And it's pretty much saying that obviously your gamer has noted that after this whole thing happened or whatever, probably review balling the PlayStation Racing Sim on Medicare after Sony Digital and Sony extended the maintenance beyond 24 hours deal with the 1.07 patch and this is actually a game you always need to be online for even for single player i despise that with a passion oh no that hurts me deep down in my soul so not only was it offline for more than 24 hours you can't play single player for more than 24 hours no no that's not good at all that's it Oh, I, I think I've described it as this with it. It's a DRM that if you're using like, like it is so invasive, you know, like, uh, like I've heard these of these DRMs being triggered as so much as to not using an official PlayStation controller or an official Xbox. Uh, it hurts. It hurts to think of that. It's it's equivalent to being under, like, it is equivalent to being under a microscope from, like, a very strict law enforcer. <laughs> mm-hmm. It, it's like being in, like, uh, I don't know, like. It's like being told you can't game after 10 o'clock for more than a few hours. Right. But anyways, yeah, no worries. If we're going back to here, it also mentions here that people are also not as thrilled with the presence of microtransactions. Because it's one of those microtransactions which you buy a currency to then get the cars. And people think that by doing that, because the single player is also always online. It means that you you have to grind in single player. Oh. 
well. Um, and also, people have also been asking for refunds. Of course. Um, I and, mean, and, and then also for part two of this whole thing, we got an official response from PlayStation. And it says, I want to explain what happened in this update. Immediately before the release of the 1.07 update, we discovered an issue where the game would not start properly in some cases on product version of the PS4 and PS5. This was a rare issue that was not seen during tests on the development hardware for the, or the QA sessions prior to the release. But in order to prioritize the safety of the save data of the users, we decided to interrupt the release of the 1.07 update and make a 1.08 correctional update. This is the reason for the delay. My sincere apologies for the late report to everyone. Also, this update, some event rewards have been adjusted. I all I wanted to also explain the reasons for it and our plans going forward. In GT7, I'd like to have users enjoy lots of cars and races, even without microtransactions. At the same time, the pricing of cars is an important element that conveys their value and rarity, so I do think it's important for it to be linked with the real-world prices. I want to make GT7 a game in which you can enjoy a variety of cars lots of different ways and if possible, would like to try and avoid a situation where a player must mechanically keep replaying certain events over and over again. Hmm. We will in time let you know the update plans for additional content, additional race events, and additional features that will constructively resolve this. It pains me that I can't explain the details regarding this at this moment, but we plan to continue to revise GT7 so that as many players as possible can enjoy the game. We would really appreciate it if everyone could watch over the growth of Grand Theft Auto 7 from a somewhat longer term point of view. Here's a hint. Polyphony. Just allow the game to be played offline. And uh, understand. Um, yes, I know cars are valuable. I, uh, cars are terrible for like uh, lots of reasons. Uh, real world value, though? No. Why would you... Why would you... Why would you say that? Uh, why, why would you... <laughs> okay, so... Uh, I, I smirked when I saw this. At the same time, a pricing of cars is an important element. So I don't think it's important for it to be linked... So I do think it's important to be linked with real or price. That's a great way to explain that. I want to keep microtransactions in because I feel like it's authentic. It's it's authentic, dude. It's authentic. Oh my god. No. It's literally them just saying, "Hey, if the car is rare, we're just going to increase the price of it using in-game currency." Also, just know that these baby metal figures are probably going at $100 on eBay. Get Rex Grub. Ooh. Anyways. <laughs> you're a prick. Anyways. Um, uh, I mean, I don't play this game, unfortunately. So I, I you know, I, I can't uh, feel the same anger. But I do know when a game is down for a long time. A lot of the players don't like it, of course. So, I mean, I've, I've, I've had games that are like that, though. Uh, so, maybe I can channel some rage into that. But, this is... That excuse for microtransactions... 
it, it feels like I'm sucking on a lime. It feels like I have the bitterness of 20 warheads that are being force-fed down my throat. Uh, anyways. Uh, hey! Hey, here's a game that might not be full of microtransactions because it's a uh, choose-your-own-adventure book in a cinema uh, aspect. Yeah, so... Funny enough, I was actually saving this topic here, particular for if that friend that I might have back on the show again would be here, because I think this would have been something he would have loved to talk about. Yeah. But um, I figured I'd still bring it here anyway, just to give us something to talk about. Oh, thank God. It's on, it's on Windows, too. I, I think Until Dawn wasn't on um wasn't on Windows as well, so I'm, I'll be able to play this. Anyways, yeah, because I believe Until Dawn actually was published by PlayStation, I think. I don't remember, but... Anyways, so this is the producer of Until Dawn returned to the roots after years of dark pictures and anthology games. Wait a second. I think I remember... The dark picture anthology. I think I remember us talking about this series at one point, because someone wanted to bring it up. But anyways, back that, uh... Supermassive Games and 2K have unveiled The Quarry, a teen horror title that you once again deciding the fates of frightened youth. You control nine camp counselors as a night of celebrating the end of summer camp quickly goes sideways. Jeez, that sounds like a familiar horror franchise. Jeez, I hope they won't be banging as some kid is drowning in a lake. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. G seem for he's this is not. Anyways. <laughs> Mommy. <laughs> Anyways. I, I love Friday the 13th. Yeah, this is exactly what this feels like. This ex this feels exactly like Friday a Friday the thirteenth game, but as like a something different. Yeah, it's not gonna lie to you and tell you the torch is the best weapon in the game. And uh tell you uh, a bunch of bullshit it's not gonna be uh, yes <laughs> so yeah oh apparently to get this it's gonna have multiplayer couch co-op where people can control individual counselors but you can also have as many as seven people voting on your decisions what the shit oh my god that's cool yeah so saying they're also leaning on star power as much as it is Familiar narrative-driven game mechanics. The core stars David Arquette, Ariel Winter, and Lance Henriksen. Not to mention actors from productions like A Nightmare on Elm Street, Dollface, and Jurassic World. And, and yeah, any character can die. So, and it even mentions as Until Dawn in similar games, you'll have to work hard if you want as many people as possible to survive. And yes, it'll be out on June 10th for PS5, PS4, Xbox Series, X and S, Xbox One, and Windows PC. I hope they don't have, a, like, a love dynamic where, with characters I actually care about. There was a character... There were two characters in Until Dawn that I really wanted to have, like... Uh, I wanted them to continue their bloodline. Um, and, uh... There was, like, in the game, there was, like, a trick. So... 
basically there's this character named Ashley and then there's this character named Chris. And Chris reminded me of myself uh, because he had like these weird like stutters when he was younger or when I was younger that were a lot like how, how I speak when I was younger and I, I really related to it. Um, and uh, there's like a trick at some point in the game and Ashley dies. And I was like, you fucker. <laughs> so I hope there's no, like, characters that I actually care about. It's like, imagine if you had an Until Dawn knockoff game. And it stars... It stars Luke Skywalker, uh, Pierce Brosnan, and... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and the three baby metal girls <laughs> coming back for one last tour <laughs> uh, well, anyways um, so you have uh, uh, Until Dawn with these three characters and your goal is to make sure these three characters live as long as possible <laughs> yeah I guess I mean, in your world, you'll probably flee from the sight of them. Maybe. I guess. I don't know. I mean, if we really want to make this more of a Back to Roots sort of episode, just... Oh, add Monica to the mix, too. I fucking... No. Not <laughs> Doki Doki Literature Club. Anything but do that. This, do the same game with Doki Doki Girls. <laughs> no. <but> that... <laughs> That's literally the fucking game, though. And all the all the kids die, and then Monica is like a demon. Uh, or they're not kids, but you know what I mean. Teenagers in a high school literature club. Yeah. Uh, uh, anyways. Uh, also, there's like a movie mode um, that will... All you do is choose how the story plays out, like a choose-your-own-adventure book. The gameplay is gone if you want to do that. So mm -hmm. that's pretty cool. I, I do like that. I mean, of course, it's an easy mode, and you can... But, you know, besides the, being an easy mode, which it's literally gameplay, uh, it's literally just no gameplay, I mean. Um, I, I've always wanted to see a movie version of a lot of the games that I've seen. Uh, or played, they, they're so cinematic, but uh, it'd probably ruin the charm, though. Um, it'll arrive June 10th for PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Series XS, Xbox One, and Windows PCs. Thank God for that, because, oh my God, I'd love to play this game, and I can! I can! I just have to wait for, like, the dawn of summer. Mm-hmm. But another thing you look forward to is the Google I.O. event that's going to happen May 11th. And it's going to actually feature with a limited in-person audience. Now, for those who don't know what Google I.O. is, this is a Google Developers Conference. Which, as they mentioned here, this was marked the first time there's been any in-person component of I.O. since 2019. And 
As it's from the sound thing, cool just be using the shoreline amphitheater as a venue to broadcast from rather than a place where attendees can gather. Basically, don't book any plane tickets to California because you'll probably just be watching from home anyways. Yeah, unless you're like a employee from Google or uh, and you've been invited or a uh, partner, I guess. Yeah, so this is likely Google going to show off some developer tools and how to better make things for like Android and Chromebooks and stuff and could be a fun time. Yeah. Android even. Oh yeah. Android Master Race. <laughs> I guess. I literally am Android Master Race. I've I've gone so Google Simp. I have a Google Pixel 6 Pro. I have absolute Google Simp. Well, I mean that's not bad. No. I mean I get my Android updates first compared to everybody else, so I win. Yeah, and it get uh anti-blur like if it how, how does that anti-blur feature work like does it actually work pretty well for like camera blur i have not actually tried it yet but imagine if i did that so when i do whenever i do my tech mania windows my my tech mania google pixel 6 Pro review i have to make a joke with baby metal figures on that probably that'd be great You're a fucking I'm not. I'm just gonna ignore that. <laughs> I mean, I think it works uh, better with people, but if it can work with baby metal figures, oh my god, that'd be perfect. Godcast fans would rejoice with that when that comes out. I'm gonna rejoice with um, <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna rejoice when uh, they uh, you know um. Uh, sing me a lullaby. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Imagine if Baby Metal actually watched the show, like the at least the singers did. You know, I would be really embarrassed, and I hope I hope they understand that I'm only joking. This is all satire. I actually don't mind them. I I, I think they're pretty cool. You know, and I you know I don't I don't have any grudge against j-pop or anything it's just i'm not into j-pop and metal like that you know i love metal and i like it but i'm not really into that sort of stuff i mean i do like it because it's like wow i'm so i feel like i live and breathe anime now but imagine we made a a short of you just saying that we can just say that you've officially been caught. I'm the imposter is us. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, I mean, but seriously, I don't hate. I don't hate baby metal. I don't mind J-pop. I, I think they're great people. They're just misguided into thinking that Metallica is a person. Anyways, not really. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, yeah, uh, I, uh, I don't know. I, I, I wonder if they, if like a Make a Wish Foundation, if they could like, I, I think that would be pretty cool, like for Make a Wish Foundation, if they actually came to a hospital and sung somebody a lullaby. I think that would be really wholesome, to be honest. Now I think about it, like when I talked about lullaby, I'd be like. 
Wow, that would actually be really wholesome. I just thought. I just thought. I don't know. Just something stupid that just popped in my mind. Right. It's not really stupid, but you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. uh, any other thoughts with the Google I.O. thing happening on May 11th? No, I just hope they're not that powerful. Uh, and by that, I mean, like, uh, anti-competitive mergers. Yeah, so we're going right to a government official's website. This is from Elizabeth Warren. Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. So... Have you ever realized that the state of Massachusetts looks like a gun? Do you know that maybe a part of Massachusetts? Massachusetts. Yeah, did you know that Maine used to be part of Massachusetts? Yeah. Um, did, did you know that uh, it, it looked like a dick when it did? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you have to connect New Hampshire, like the coastline of New Hampshire to make that work. Oh my god. Anyways, <laughs> you were saying? <laughs> yeah, so... Ward and Mondaire so Elizabeth Ward and Representative Mondaire Jones introduced a bicameral legislation to help stop out rampant industry consolidation that allows companies to raise consumer prices and mistreat workers. And they're saying that the prohibiting anti-competitive mergers act would ban the biggest, most anti-competitive mergers and give the Department of Justice and Federal Trade Commission the teeth to reject deals in the first instance without court orders and break up harmful mergers. Now, you can see a lot of this whole, like, PR speak, and we're going to keep, sure. And I said, and we're going to get to the fine detail of this. It says, specifically, the Prohibiting Anti-Competitive Mergers Act would make prohibited mergers illegal, including deals valued over $5 billion, deals resulting in market shares above 33% for sellers or 25% for employers, Deals resulting in highly contrary markets under the 1992 HC guidelines. Rip Activision Blizzard if this fails. No, if it goes through, you mean. That's what I meant. Rip Activision Blizzard if this goes through. Because. Yeah, because that was like 68 billion. Like... Exactly. That, that is like, oh god, that's like, oh god, that is crazy. But considering, like, how much they're worth, how much that deal went through with, holy crap. So that means, because I know they said they were trying to aim for 2023 of Activision Blizzard, so if that, if this passed, then Activision Blizzard and Microsoft would not be buddy-buddy. They'd have yeah. to do whatever they do and just cancel the entire deal. Which would be not actually actually how about what the, how about what they do is uh Microsoft uh it's gonna be a pain in the ass and more paperwork, but what if four ninety nine four billion four point ninety nine for Activision four point ninety nine for Blizzard four point ninety nine for King and then all the other studios, 4.99. Well, I think what they probably would do if they actually wanted to bypass this, oh God. You'd have to buy each individual studio from Activision Blizzard one at a time. 
That, you have that to... would suck, but th I mean, that's what I'm saying. That's you what have I'm to saying. buy Phoenix once. You have to buy Infinity Ward once. Then you have to... Bob. Oh my god. <laughs> Literally, that's how they would have to process it. That's a that's a great loophole, I think. But also, holy shit. <laughs> It'd be too uh, time-consuming that for everybody, it would not be worth it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, here's another thing, too. Overhaul the merger review process by giving antitrust agencies the stronger tools to stop the most harmful mergers, such as allowing the agencies to reject mergers in the first instant without court orders, require the agencies to reject certain mergers, including prohibited mergers, Prohibiting Birch with a history of corporate crime or antitrust violations in the last 10 years from acquiring other companies. Ooh. Jeez, that means they could, this, if this actually goes through, that means Activision Blizzard can't buy another company. Yeah, and wasn't there a few other antitrust violations this last decade? Hmm. That are a bit, hmm. <laughs> they don't want this to go through. <laughs> and then... Prohibiting agencies from negotiating revenues from with the merging parties, directing the agencies to scrutinize the labor impact. Oh shit! Probably this place on screen. Uh, prohibiting agencies from negotiating revenues from merged parties, directing the agencies to scrutinize labor impacts of each deal and reject merge harmful to workers. Prohibiting private equity roll-up strategies that quickly consolidate industries, giving a greater role to other relevant agencies and state attorney general, requiring court. Or requiring courts to defer to certain agency determinations, stripping merger litigation from the appellate jurisdiction of the Supreme Court, and the last one, I think, is probably one of the most devastating ones out here. Establish procedures for the antitrust agencies to conduct retrospective reviews and break up harmful deals that have destroyed competition. So, every ISP, right? You know, honestly, that'd be awesome. I, I honestly, yes, actually, now I think about it, like, I'm not talking shit, but I know that if you don't live in a city, near a city, or anywhere with, like, actual competition uh, in internet providing, you're stuck with one company that is squeezing you dry, like, squeezing the milk out of a cow but after a little while the pail turns a bit more pinkish and you realize oh shit it's kind of think about that this could mean that could t-mobile and sprint actually split up and could sprint and nextel split up oh my god a weird domino effect my god oh my god yes this would really Put a dent in T-Mobile because T-Mobile has a lot of fucking deals that they like. They've acquired a lot of companies. Oh my god! Like AT&T bought another one, and then yeah, AT&T. Holy shit! This is gonna be the, the jeez. Holy shit, Elizabeth Warren! You fucking you. Holy crap! She's gonna fucking like, oh my god! And keep in mind that's just if this passes, because from what it looks like, there's a good chance this might not pass. Yeah, but still, this 
this is this is like uh watching um a bunch of dominoes like fall over but the dominoes also lit the house on fire somehow yeah imagine this means for disney that last line you can oh my god i almost spit out my drink holy shit disney oh my god you could split lucasfilm and marvel off of disney and then possibly split the rest of fox off so essentially what this will look like is disney literally just relegates like pixar and themselves my fucking mind is blowing up i hope this If this passes, holy crap, this is going to be, like, devastating for, like, a lot of corporations. I mean, of course, they don't really care about anybody, but their profits, but that's what business is. Uh, but, oh, God. They're going to have a hell of a time sorting this all out. Mm -hmm, Anyways. I'm sure Disney would probably one of the first targets on that list. <laughs> yeah, they probably would. I mean, they're not going to make it public, of course. You know, they don't make any of their opinions public nowadays, I guess. Because then that means Disney would have to be forced to make original ideas again. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Think about how big that would be. Film studios actually making original ideas again? What a concept. Not, not reinventing the wheels? Oh my god, Trolls reboot? Oh my god, uh... Spider-Man reboot? Oh my god. Uh, Iron Man 2024? I guess? I don't know. <laughs> but that would be insane, though. Like That would practically mean that Disney would probably have to give up all the Marvel licenses to freaking Marvel. Yeah. From the, then, even including uh, the Fox deal, too, which is the crazy part. Yeah, and then... Oh, god. This is that's gonna be a oh god that would be so fucking crazy though because then Disney out. literally would be forced to rely on like Mickey Mouse and like whatever they've been used to recently and and then practically Disney Plus as a service will just be done they'd be dead yeah this Disney Plus would be gone because Disney Plus relies on you know Lucasfilm and Marvel so much I feel and um, <sighs> Jesus. Wow. All right. Um, damn it. And, and all the other companies that we're not thinking of right now. Like, imagine, good. like, when we go back later in the show, when we talk about Amazon MGM, that's oh, $5.4 billion, apparently. That's going to be a shaky ground one. Yeah, they better take that $4 trillion a bit. No, not trillion. What the fuck am I saying? They need to take that four million or four hundred million away. They're gonna have to, you know, get through with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Uh, but speaking of like streaming services. Yeah, this uh, is literally the movie episode. I feel. Yeah. We're talking a lot of like film stuff in this episode when we usually don't talk about film stuff, but this week stuff is all. Whew. All about them movies or movie like games. Yeah. I mean imagine yeah, imagine sharing like how they'd have to crack down on sharing accounts because of the money that they'd lose from it too. Disney mm -hmm. Plus and stuff. 
Yeah. I wonder what Netflix is going to go through. Haven't, haven't some of their deals been pretty high? I don't think Netflix has been buying too many things. Like, I don't think it's... They haven't got like $5 billion things. They've only been buying, like, as far as I can tell, small video companies. That's about it. Maybe I'm thinking about like Hulu or something. But Hulu yeah. is practically all stock with Disney pretty much. Oh, so uh, okay. A- Never mind. But anyways, back to this. Uh, so apparently Netflix, what they're going to do is that we both always easy for people who live together to share their Netflix account with features like separate profiles and multiple streams in our standard and premium plans. While these have been hugely popular, they've also created some confusion about when and how Netflix can be shared. As a result, accounts are being shared between households. Packing are available to invest in great new TV and films for our members. So for the last year, we've been working on ways to enable members who share outside their household to do so easily and securely while also paying a bit more. And over the next few weeks, we'll launch and test two new features for our members in Chile, Costa Rica, and Peru. Wow. They did not sugarcoat it while also paying a bit more. <laughs> they didn't sugarcoat that last bit. Oh my god. Oh my god. Imagine how pissed these three countries are going to be yeah i feel bad and they all start oh wait never mind i was gonna say they all start with c but then peru i was like oh man (laughs) and the worst part of my first the first letter of my first name is a c yeah godsworth (laughs) (laughs) sorry Anyway, so members on our standard and premium plans will be able to add sub accounts for up to two people they don't live with each with their own profile, personalized recommendations, login, and password at a lower price. So, 2380 CLP in Chile and $2.99 US dollar in Costa Rica and then 7.9 PN in Peru. It says transfer profile to new accounts. As members on our basic standard and premium plans can enable people who share their account to transfer people Share for profile information either to a new account or an extra member sub account. Keep the viewing history, mileage, and personalized recommendations. Recognize that people have many entertainment choices, so we want to ensure any new features are flexible and useful for members whose subscriptions fund all great TV and films. We'll be working to understand the utility of these two features for members in these three countries before making change anywhere else in the world. Translation. Latin America is gonna get fucked by Netflix. <laughs> like, 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 literally. Like, it, it's like, I, I mean, I know a lot of companies do this. They choose smaller markets. Like, I know McDonald's uh, when they started out with some of their, I think actually was it McDonald's? I think it was Burger King, but they had a new product. I forgot what it was, but they tested out in like places like Spain and Bulgaria and really niche markets for their you know, food products. Um, and they, they just target these smaller uh, revenue sources so they don't lose as much f- as if they were, like, you know, spending, like, billi- like, millions in the U.S. for, I don't know, the Chicken Big Mac, which I love that thing. That's, like, a big chicken nugget. Anyways, um, yeah. Um, I know they do that, but <laughs> it's, like, I feel targeted. Why, why are you making me spend $3 more because, uh, I don't know, 
my my uh not friend my uh uh third cousin lives like a few blocks away from me mm-hmm what a what a what a prick yep and the, one of the more interesting things to think about too is you know just looking at this I mean God. It really is like you have to be lucky to have T-Mobile. I swear to God, because T-Mobile, you actually get free Netflix with T-Mobile. Oh wow! I didn't know about that. Yeah, it's one of the main T-Mobile perks. If you get like their Mengeta plan or whatever, they they have a whole perk called Netflix on us, and it's literally a free Netflix subscription. I'm gonna invest in that. Hmm, that's cool. Just don't do that while you're in Nebraska, because then the actual phone service will not be useful. Unless. Uh. Yep. Uh. About that. <laughs> Live smack dab in the middle of Nebraska. Get fucked. <laughs> oh. Wait, watching Netflix on me. <laughs> It's, it's, uh, high noon. Mr. Cassidy. <laughs> I would think of the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I was gonna call him his original name, but then I realized, oh shit, that's a bad person, so, fuck. I still don't like that, that, that his name's Cole Cassidy, it's just such a... Name him John Cassidy or something. I don't know. Something generic. <laughs> I mean, you could have also just made a different name that still sounds old western. Yeah. Um. But anyways. Sorry. We got a pretty interesting update on the James Webb Telescope. Oh, yes. Yes, this. It, it captured a picture of, like, this, like, star. Yeah, so essentially what it's saying here is, is that they're do, they finished the telescope alignment. The, the optics and everything, they got to align up, and now we're at a point where, you know, it's working. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was very passionate about this because it's like, what is out there? And is it watching us? Is can it even it sentient? <laughs> can it actually see us like three months ago? When we... It to, uh, sorry, never mind. No worries. Like, uh, could it see us like five years ago? Just randomly playing games on a freaking website. Yeah. Does it know our Pop Tropica account? <laughs> w will it will it uh friend us on Happa Hotel? Right. Does it know what nine plus ten equals? Does right. it know what troll face is? Or monorail cat? Or Kilroy. Will it go? Kilroy. 
Will it go back and let us see what 1980s would be like? Uh, when the NES was just coming out and the game industry was about to escape the video game crash. Does it know Shigeru Miyamoto? Does it know uh, uh, does it know the lotto numbers this week? Please, can you give it to me? <laughs> Dude, if any of us got the lotto numbers, I swear to freaking God. Uh, well, actually, if you do, um, pretty much, uh, if you do actually get a winning lotto ticket, uh, run like hell and uh, cash it anonymously if you can and uh, uh, hire a bodyguard. <laughs> I don't know. Because, right. like, if you hit the lottery, you're probably more likely to die than a random lightning strike hitting you. Right. So, we have to talk about how the James Webb Telescope did like alignment or some sort. Did alignment. And you can see the image right here. It definitely looks like they took some pictures of decent stars. And yeah, it's up and going. Yeah. I, you know, it feels almost like nostalgic looking at this, and I don't know why. That's the weirdest way to describe it, but it's like I've seen this image before, but from a video game or something. Yeah. Oh, and it's apparently 16 times brighter than the sun. And it's close to Earth. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so it says... As two mass J1755402 plus 6551277. And that's the name of the star. <laughs> the, like a cheat code. <laughs> <laughs> but late last week, that star became the most famous star known to science outside our own sun. That's because the Jamewood Telescope chose the ordinary star to take an extraordinary picture. Its first image with its 18 hexagonal mirror segments in near-perfect alignment. And NASA inverse and other report, Webb captured the star with a red filter to enhance its brightness and could see not only the stellar target itself, but also stars and galaxies in the background. Is, was, is yeah. that all the um? Is that all the uh like? Oh my god, that's all the like little uh. I, I thought that was just space particles. Those wow. are apparently galaxies. That is crazy, and, and that's like. And those are ones that are like, relatively not far away, but also kind of relatively far away. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. Wow. I mean, without the red filter, let me see if I can, like, save it and, like, find an image, of, like, make it the image less red. But, uh, yeah, but continue on, of course. I'm gonna just do that later, of course. But, yeah, if you zoom in on the image, too, it's, like, got a lot of, like, little details in the background, too. Yeah, of course. It's kind of nuts. 
anyways, uh, we have to talk about this new processor from AMD. It's going to get released pretty soon. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the, uh, the, uh, Ryzen 5800X3D, which uses, uh, VNAND vCache. Uh, but it's not overclockable. What the hell, AMD? Anyways, I'm... No. Uh, yeah, let's talk about this. Um, and uh, the MSRP is the same as the original one. Uh, 449 US dollars. Um, and it will be on shelf globally beginning April 20th. Uh, it's an 8-core processor like the original one. Uh, hopefully, you know, hyper-threaded, you know. Uh, and... Yeah, um, like... That seems like also, a pretty capable... Go ahead, sorry. I said, it's a pretty, it seems like a pretty capable processor. So, I mean, we have this the new mainstream AMD Ryzen desktop processors down below. I... It doesn't seem like it includes the three the 3D one. That's 449. But there's some other specs here you could take a look at if you're curious. A lot of it's all Zen 3 with some Zen 2 stuff. Yeah, certainly. Um, the uh, but the 58,000 uh, 5800X 3D. Um, I really want to see how this performs compared to the original. Um, like you know, it's supposed to you know, quote-unquote, be faster and all that stuff. Um, but I wonder what 15% more gaming performance really means. Because it, it, it's subjective, honestly. You know, and what, you know, what was it paired with, you know, this or that. Um, but yeah, moving on to the... Uh, the newer ones, the uh, new mainstream ones. So, yeah, the Ryzen 7 5700X, that's pretty much the 3700X, but it's a cut-down 5800X. Um, it's pretty much the, uh, you know, the cut-down one that's a little bit, uh, little bit weaker, but also, also, look at that TDP. 65 watts. Now, uh, that's as good as like that's as hot as an i3 from Intel and that's as hot as the 5600X and that's 8 cores and 16 threads it boosts up to uh, 4.6 gigahertz and I'm just surprised at this. Like, wow. Um, and it's it's all on Zen three architecture. The uh, fifty six thousand non X will uh, be two hundred dollars, and it's also a cut down. Uh, it's like you know the thirty six hundred versus the thirty six hundred X. It's a little bit cut down. Uh, four point four boost uh six 12 threads six core 12 threads um and it's also 65 watts um of course it supports gen 4 
Um, and it's paired with a Wraith Zelt cooler, which those coolers have always been quite good compared to Intel's offerings. Um, they've also looked much nicer, but then again, the newer 12th Gen ones are also okay looking. But uh, uh, also the 5500, uh, it's also a Zen 3, 6 core, 12 thread. This is also a, even more cut down. Um, it's also got a, a cache cut down though. If you look, the uh, total uh, cache in megabytes, 35 versus 19. Now that might not seem like a lot, but that's 11 megabytes, which the cache in the newer Ryzen processors has been partially, even mostly in, in some cases, part of the reason why these processors are so powerful. And I feel like the 5500 is, well, it's a budget offering at 156 so $160, which is also pretty good, but I'd rather spend the extra 40 on the 5600 Um I, you know, I, I feel like I would not pick that up versus the 5600 now, what's interesting here, though, is the 4000 series. Um, the 4000 series was an OEM-only um, processor, and that's why it goes from 3000 to 5000, is because while the 3000 was existing, AMD made a 4000 series that was only for pre-built and OEM components. And the graphics um, of them performed a little bit better like a, a good amount of better compared to the, you know, 32,000G and 34,000G um, of the 3000 series. Uh, and they were like a, they were almost like a predecessor of 5000 series integrated graphics. Um, mm -hmm. It's nice to see that they have these as well. Um, but these all seem a bit cut down compared to the 5000 series and I would honestly only pick these up if you're you know if you're rooting for a very budget option or you need you know a PC for somebody to just browse the internet and watch videos and stuff if you're into gaming though the 5600 um, Ryzen 5 probably the best offering here you know for the most budget option uh, only 200 bucks. Uh, oh, and also extended AM300 series motherboard support. Um, mm -hmm. It says that they are extending support for the X370, B350, and A320 chipsets um, for these N3s. Um, so it this seems is... like... What's up? Okay. This is good for the player. Yes, this is good for the player. <laughs> uh, so, um, this just means that you'll be able to upgrade from these really old chipsets while also using the much newer processors. Um, so, if you have any of these chipsets... If your board is on those chipsets, a lot of chipsets nowadays are, you know, 450 or 550, 
uh, for a lot of, you know, general uh, performance. You know, it, it's good to see that AMD has offered uh, a really good upgrade path. It's been six years since Ryzen has been out from, uh, what was it, 2000... One second. 2016 to... Uh, current day 2022 so that's yeah that's uh six no wait i think it was 2018 then sorry yeah. I, i'm i'm sorry uh i might be right yeah it's 2018 but compared to intel which is usually you have two um two uh generations on the same board and then they have to move on to the next board AMD is better for pricing in the long run, and Intel is better for pricing in the short run. Um, because you will have to upgrade your uh, motherboard, and even the newer motherboards, like you see from uh, the 10th gen to the 11th gen, the 560 motherboards are much better. They support uh, RAM overclocking past 266, or... or uh, 2666 or 20 I think 2933 for the uh, i7 um, on 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 uh, locked processors uh, so um compared to AMD uh, Intel has less offerings for uh, saving in the long run. I feel, and I hope that changes because that's what makes Intel a less and stellar option for the long term. While AMD has shown to be uh, much a much better offering with how they've extended their motherboard support over the years, you might just need an, an extra motherboard for some processors, or maybe not. Um, but those will be in April the uh 300 series uh bioses <laughs> yeah so i think all this amd stuff is pretty exciting especially if you're budget gaming or if you're looking at that 5800 x3d that must be a pretty nice processor as well yeah certainly i'd love to see how it performs compared to the you know uh compared to the original and maybe these new offerings i'd like to see compared if they're a better offering Right. now compared to before it launched you know because the processors that the 5000 series is now one and a half years old so i'd love to see compared to these new ones how they stack up right and i'm sure if you are curious about the benchmarks what they mentioned in the specifications there's actually if you look at the 5800X3D pricing availability section, you'll see a blue text that probably leads to the link of the official announcement at the time. So maybe that, might, that might give you a little bit more of an idea what this is. Okay. But anyways, I think this is time for what's probably the one of the most interesting deals that happened. So, provide this prohibiting anti-competitive mergers act, or PAMA, doesn't pass. Um, yeah, this will be pretty big. Oh, yeah, certainly. Um, MGM joining Prime Video and Amazon Studios. 
and they mentioned things like James Bond, Rocky, Creed, Thelma and Louise, The Silence of the Lambs, The Magnificent Setting, Seven, Raging Bull. All are going to be part of Amazon. That's a bit scary. Uh, I, I did notice Silence of the Lambs was available on Amazon Prime Video. So, uh, I mean, that's not really relevant, but <laughs> anyways, uh, yeah, and this will be, uh, 5.4 billion, you said, right? Roughly. Roughly that. Okay, so they're, they're crossing the line by a few feet exactly. at this point. So, obviously, they say Amazon MGM announced that MGM has joined Prime Video and Amazon Studios, the story nearly century-old studio with more than 4,000 film titles, 17,000 TV episodes, 180 Academy Awards, and 100 Emmy Awards, will complement Prime Video and Amazon Studios' work in delivering a diverse offering of entertainment choices to customers. MGM has a nearly century-long legacy of producing exceptional entertainment, and we share their commitment to delivering a broad slate of original film and television shows to a global audience, said Mike Hopkins, Senior Vice President of Prime Video Amazon Studios. We welcome MGM employees, creators, and talent to Prime Video and Amazon Studios, and we look forward to working together to create an even more opportunity to deliver quality storing television to our customers. We're excited for MGM and its bounty of iconic brands, legendary films, and television series, and our incredible team and creative partners to join the Prime Video family. MGM is responsible for the creation of some of the most well-known and critically acclaimed films in television series of the past century. We look forward to continuing that tradition as we head into this next chapter, come together with the great team at Prime Video and Amazon Studios to provide audiences with the very best entertainment for years to come. This is a biggie. I mean, like I discussed with the Prohibiting, the prohibiting Anti-Competitive Murders Act, this is a very interesting thing because this gives Amazon a, a whole suite of films that they could just start making exclusively Amazon. That, that means Scooby Doo, Tom and Jerry. That means all the James Bond films. That means, uh, like all these other ones up here that I, I you know, I haven't watched. Uh, Are you looking at like, the MGM website or like another article that mentions what they own? Uh, no, I'm at the about Amazon. Uh, the, that you know, uh, where it mentions you know, uh, Rocky Creed and Thelma and Louise, Silence of the Lambs, Magnificent Seven, Raging Bull, mm -hmm. um, but you know, that's a a big uh, you know scoop up, I guess. You know, I I I mean, some of these. You know, not many people would appreciate it anymore. Like a lot of their, uh, some of MGM's, uh, you know, trademarks and stuff. At least nowadays, because they're a they're a pretty old company. I remember watching Tom and Jerry, Scooby Doo, and Huckleberry. I guess was Huckleberry owned by MGM. Huckleberry Finn. Or I'm not sure. Dog. I'm not um, sure. I don't know, but. And then there was like, a, God, there was a lot of shows on Boomerang that I remember watching because I was like interested in history, but like my father's and mother's 
like shows and TV that they watched and stuff. Um, and and then we lost uh, Directv as a customer, and we couldn't get Boomerang anymore. So, anyways, uh, so uh, but a lot of these uh, um, uh, a lot of the uh, you know. Sorry, the uh, shows that they, you know, the characters and stuff that they can now own, they have a big category of possible, you know, uh, you know, possible movies. You know, like, I feel like they continue a lot of series um, or create a new version of them. You know, like. Uh, I don't know, like I like how Marvel well, has those Netflix series before now they're transferred over to Disney Plus now. Yeah, and uh, a lot of reboots, you know. Mm -hmm. And it's also like how when Microsoft bought Bethesda, they just instantly gain all that to their subscription service. It's like, oh, here's some new toys to play with. Yeah, I, I'm uh, just a bit. I'm just a bit terrified seeing them in the hands of amazon though because it's like you know, well uh, one i know that amazon has a very very strong oh, okay. you have to always be on point with everything with amazon amazon is all about efficiency making sure everybody's doing something and working fast and constantly doing stuff all the time so they scoop this up and film a bunch of movies based on their things immediately. <laughs> Who what knows? are you trying to say? Who knows? <laughs> but yeah, like Amazon, all if you look at the like the warehouses, for instance, right? Yeah. You know how that that culture of those constantly pushing you to do stuff all the time. Yeah. It's like that, not in the warehouse, but that entire company. Oh, okay. Even the management, like, I know. So I remember we my HR class. I've taken this semester, mentioning how like someone, there are people who will apply to other companies that offer less pay, simply because they know that like they 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 just have more time. I think they mentioned something about how one person who was like a magic. Why are you coming down here when you're making more Amazon? It's like. I feel like I haven't seen my daughter in like a year. Jeez, that's sad. Actually, I shouldn't be laughing. Oh, God. All right, then. Uh, I mean, but, I don't know how that... Yeah, but the other thing that makes this more interesting, though, what does this mean for a certain game? Like You're not talking about we were talking about Goldeneye. Oh, I thought you were talking about the Warner Brothers uh, thing. <laughs> no, no, no. We're talking about Goldeneye. What does this mean for Goldeneye? Because the thing is, I f it's largely like, you know, with prior obligations, naturally. If this was to actually be the case where they are bringing the rumored, like the remaster over to Xbox and Nintendo gets the original version. Um, N64 yeah. online. I see where you're getting that. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, God. And then if they wanted to bring that game to other 
platforms in the future, like if Nintendo wants to bring it to a different whatever Nintendo online service that required Nintendo have to co- corroborate with Amazon and Microsoft to buddy buddy up. And Amazon and Microsoft, well, they definitely view each other as competitors. Let's put it that way. Yeah, they kind of do. Yeah, um... Well, that's terrifying. (laughs) Now now we really won't get GoldenEye anymore. (laughs) That Xbox Live Arcade port that, like, leaked, that's the best you're gonna get nowadays. Mm Mm-hmm. And that might be the old version we may ever get. <laughs> if in the uh, GoldenEye Reloaded thing that they like, they remastered it. Uh, that's probably all we'll, we'll get to. <laughs> it's gonna be those existing contracts. Get the this stuff straightened out right now. Then anything after that, that's it. And also that like terrible. Uh, uh, GoldenEye Rogue Agent game <laughs> on the PlayStation 2. I still remember playing that with an old friend of mine that I really wish I knew where he went and how who, how he's doing. Um, and it's just sad, you know? That's my only attachment to that game, was that, was that kid. I played through the campaign, but I never finished it. Um, right. I got to the point where, like, I think you you killed uh, Zenya on a top. <laughs> and then I like... It, it was at the Hoover Dam. I think I quit after that. Interesting. Anyways. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, I remember there was this glitch uh, on the multiplayer level. There were these like turbines that would squish you, but if you got killed before they squished you, your body would fl- freak the fuck out. Anyways, let's move on to the next topic or whatever you're going to say. Well, I was going to say... <laughs> So that's like the topics we have for today. And our comment of the day is an actual comment of the day. It's I'll have, I might display it on the screen. I don't know yet, but it's literally a thumbs down emoji. So thank you for the meaningful criticism. Uh, we'll take it to heart and we'll use it to improve the show. Thank you. And also, life savings time. and yes, um, Alpaca using his various accounts. I've had a discussion with all of his different accounts. Literally, just the two of us talking, we're just flipping scripts. And yeah, um, we can't think of our thoughts on what this means for daylight savings time. Um, okay, so pretty much, uh, Senate approved a legislation to make daylight savings time permanent. Um, so you won't have to, uh, you won't have to, um, as of 2023, you won't have to spring forward and you won't have to set the clocks back in winter. Um, and it's supposed to be healthy, I guess, because of, you know, the, the time shift. Matter of fact, I got jet lagged actually um buy it uh but the thing is is i think they i think 
they tried to uh, get rid of daylight saving times before and it didn't work. The only thing I don't like about this, though, is that I think during winter it'll be much darker or much brighter out. I can't remember. Winter it actually makes it brighter because you're shifting it by an hour later where the sun actually is more out. So I'm a little terrified about winter being a bit darker out. Especially brighter? icy. Brighter? What you... Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay, well, never mind. I don't know what I'm saying. Sorry. Winter's going to be a bit brighter because you're shifting hours later. And oh, okay. A lot of the darkness happens to be a little later and a little earlier because obviously the hours are a bit condensed, but the timing of the daylight lines up with it being a bit later. Because the idea that when you're springing forward, you're, it, the reason why we do it is because it's to get more daylight. Oh, okay. So your winter is going to be a bit brighter, actually, which will obviously nice. feel off. All right, then. Yeah. Uh, all right, then. Yeah, I thought it was just to, like, uh, with like the equinox I, I don't know <laughs> yeah I thought it had to do with that but um I heard it failed and they uh yeah it was uh 1973 and it failed and there was like safety complaints about children walking to school in dark uh because of early morning and stuff uh there's like a few extra things i wonder how it's gonna work out nowadays though because i don't think it's necessary to have daylight savings time but i think if what, what we could do is instead of springing forward it should be brighter out all the time like you know like i think it should be set back in winter and that's it instead of right now being like 12 instead of 11 o'clock. <laughs> well, that just means you're actually making it darker year-round. Oh, okay. You're, we're thinking up. You're thinking the opposite. Alright, sorry. I don't know. <laughs> it's I... Spring forward means it's brighter for all the daytime stuff. And the typical daytime that we would know of. And then, obviously, if you spring, if you pull it back, go back, then you're making it darker for the time that we would know it. Okay. Well. Anyways, oh. this is this is happening. I hope it doesn't like screw everything up or something. Well, the thing is, this has to go to the House of Representatives, and then it'll go to Joe Biden. Oh, okay. So if the House of Representatives declines this, then no go. All right. That's why we have two houses. So if one house says, yeah, let's make it happen, the other person house could be like, uh, maybe, maybe not. All right, done. <laughs> but that's all to say on that. Yeah. So guys, if you like what you see here today, uh, you can always like, comment, and subscribe. Also, you know, go follow us on any of the platforms we are on.